0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show
1: description to support now.
2: George Torres Jr. and Sarah Boone, both 42, had a tumultuous relationship that was peppered with domestic violence that saw assault charges being laid against Torres on multiple occasions. But as Sarah would tell investigators, she was always the one who went and bailed him out. But all that would change on February 25, 2020, when Boone called 911, begging for paramedics to come to her Winter Park, Orange County home, as George wasn't breathing. But video would later reveal he was stuck inside a suitcase and she wouldn't let him out. In this episode of Monsters Who Murder, something we've never done before, we examine a case still before the courts where guilt or innocence has not yet been determined.
0: This is Monsters Who Murder Serial Killer Confessions.
3: Police found 27 corpses. Australia's worst serial killer. Even though I didn't want to
2: get in the car,
0: I had to. With Amanda Howard and Robert McKnight.
2: Hello there. Welcome to Monsters Who Murder Serial Killer Confessions. I'm Rob McKnight. And yes, I am joined by the Serial Killer Whisperer, true crime author, and criminologist. Hello, Amanda Howard. Hello,
0: Robert McKnight. How
2: are you going? Good, good, good. I tell you what, I'm still getting over last week's case, another fascinating one that we did. But this week, this is quite interesting because this is a case still before the courts.
0: Yes, so uh, we have to tread carefully, and all of this is allegations and, and, and not proven fact yet. So it's going to be a tricky one for us, and everyone knows that I, I tend not to like these cases that aren't uh, essentially closed. But we're going to try today,
2: <laughs> and it might divide us. We might have different opinions on guilt or innocence. Ooh
0: good call. It could, it could go down that way. Let's see Mm. what you think. And if you're on the same page as me, which you're usually not.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So true. So very true. All right. (laughs) I know. Today we visit the pretty sounding town of Winter Park in Orange County, Florida. Winter Park was designed to be a resort city for the rich and powerful. Its main street, called Park Avenue, has art galleries, a museum, and many other attractions that calls to those who want time off the grid. Its indigenous people, the Muscogee, have been on the land here for a millennia. It is here where today's case is located. Both Sarah and George had failed previous marriages and issues with custody and care of their children. It was this issue of childcare that brought the case to light. Around midday on February 25, 2020, Sarah's ex-husband, who lived only a few streets away, had been trying to call Sarah all morning. Finally, she answered. It was then that she realised George was not in bed with her and the previous night's events began playing through her mind. She rushed downstairs to the living room where George was still zipped up inside the luggage case. She opened the bag and tried giving him CPR. She then rang her ex-husband again, and then she called 911. 911,
1: what is the location of your emergency? 4748 France Court, apartment 3. 4748, what's the street name? France, F-R-A-N-T-D. And the apartment number? Three. Is this a police or medical? My boyfriend is dead. Okay, send the line for the fire department. Do not hang up.
3: All right, rescue us the location, Mercy.
1: That's good. No, two, please don't leave. 4748 France Lane, apartment 3. France Court. France Court? Yes. Okay, is this near
3: McKenzie Drive?
1: I don't know where that is. Okay, fine, right, okay. It's Gilwood Park Apartments. Okay,
3: 4748 France, correct? Correct. All right, now tell me exactly what happened there.
1: Uh, my boyfriend and I were playing last night and mm-hmm. I put him in a suitcase and we were playing. and okay. Like kind of hide and seek kind of thing. So I fell asleep and I woke up and he was dead in the suitcase. So I don't know what happened.
2: Okay, there is a lot to unpack there, Amanda.
0: Yeah, it's, there's so much going on and it's not the panic sh- um re- recipient that we usually ha- have you know usually it's like oh my god oh my god oh my god she goes my boyfriend's dead just like that that was it out like that
2: yeah it, that was a bit it, it threw me but i'm i'm figuring we just said that she had called her ex-boyfriend and obviously Ex-husband. she's gone to someone close to her to get some advice and you know she's tried cpr and he is dead you know when someone's dead. There's a lot going through her mind at the moment here, obviously.
0: Yeah, there is. And, and the fact that she's on the call to 911 and talking to her ex-husband saying don't leave, it's like that's that's massive alarm bells because everyone who's at, at that scene needs to stay. And um, the fact that she can have the, these mm. two conversations, like she corrected dispatch when they said Lane instead of court or, or something, but she's, she's panicked but not to the place of panicking where I think she would be. So I don't know if she's saying, oh, well, he's dead, you know, there's really n- not much we can do now. But I think that there's more going on than that.
2: Yeah. Well, fire dispatch takes over and tries to get Boone to answer his questions and start CPR.
1: I don't know what happened. Right, okay, what's the apartment number? Three. Um, I
3: don't know apartment
1: three? Yes, yeah, like he has like blood coming out of his mouth, and I don't know if like he had like, an aneurysm or something.
3: Right, okay, all right, okay. Listen, we're getting help on there too. All right, okay. Okay, i I, now. Okay, four oh, yeah, man, we're on our way out there. You're at four oh seven seven one six eight six eight four. Okay, is he hanging from somewhere or what, ma'am?
1: No, I pulled him out of the suitcase. I tried giving him CPR.
3: Okay, so he was in a suitcase?
1: Yes, and I fell asleep.
3: Okay, how old is the how old is the worker, ma'am? Forty two year old man. All right. Okay, we're we're standing here. We're standing here, up there. Is standing the way out there? Yes. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. All right. Listen to me. Okay. That, uh, that you see, that you need I to I just need to confirm this one. All yeah, right. I understand. I just need to confirm this. Is he, is he awake at all? Is he conscious at all?
1: No. He's purple.
3: Is he, right? Is he breathing? No. All right. I need you to get I need you to get him on the floor, flat on his back for me. Okay.
1: I did. I did. I tried giving him CPR. All right. I tried giving him
3: CPR. Yeah, okay. But well, well
1: now,
3: we're nothing happened. He's purple. Right. Okay, listen to me. There's a little I need you to get it for me, okay? What is it? You an AED. You have an AED available? No. All right. Do you write by him now? I'm sorry. Are you, you right by him now? Yes. Okay. Okay. Let him flat on, on it. It. Okay, ma'am, ma'am, ma'am. Listen. Uh, so this is he cold and stiff?
1: Yes. Okay. Well, he's not okay. necessarily cold, but he's stiff.
3: And right. He's okay. Alright, listen to me, I uh, listen, listen to me, I want you to lay him flat on his back for me, on I the did. floor, I did. removing the pillows, okay. Yes, I did. Alright, okay. With
1: dead and purple.
3: Alright, r- okay, listen, okay, man, that's fine, we're, we're still going to do, do compressions on him, okay? Alright, Place the heel of your hand on his breastbone, right in the center of the chest, right between the nipples. Yes. Put your other hand on top of that hand.
1: Baby, I'm telling you, if I okay. look him, you can tell. Okay. And,
2: <laughs> Uh, we've ended on a screen there. What the hell is going on, Amanda? <laughs>
0: I love that. I had to stop it there. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, there is a lot going on, and as we can hear, she's trying to talk over the guy, but then asking him what he's saying in in, in the second second. So it's it's crazy what is is going on. Like she's saying, he's purple. He's purple. He's stiff. He's purple. Um, and he's like, and where was he hanging from and stuff like this. So so the story is so incredulous that even the dispatch. Um, I think he's the CPR guy with the brigade. Yeah, but sometimes the fire they don't
2: listen. They're ticking boxes. You know, um yeah. she has been very clear. I've tried CPR, he is dead. You know, uh, she's been very specific about where things are at, but they're like, "Oh no, we'll tick the box of doing CPR." And she's and I can imagine she's thinking, "I went down this route. It was the first thing I tried to do. If he didn't resuscitate then, he's not going to resuscitate now."
0: Well, yes and no, because people can do unsuccessful resuscitation. So um, I have known sure. even doctors at scenes to, to do it and, and not do well. So he has to get her, her to do this. The fact that he's purple and stiff, um, I don't know why she's saying, well, I can't straighten him out, because surely if he was in a suitcase, that would be an issue. But she's just saying that he's, he's stiff and purple, and then we have the scream.
2: Okay. <laughs> well, Let's go back to find out why she screamed. Eddie,
1: I'm telling you. just I look okay. at him, tell. Okay. Please,
3: okay, he just gurgled. Okay, okay, L- listen to me. All right, I want, to play, I want you to place the heel of your hand. Uh-huh. Okay, rub it in, in his chest, rub it in his breast bones. Yes. Put your other, other hand on top of that hand. Yeah, we, like want, we want to pump his chest and be hard and fast. Going to do twice per second.
1: I'm doing it again,
3: okay, no, no, just keep on pumping. That's all you need to do for me. Keep on pumping his chest for me I don't need you to stop and talk or anything. I just want you to count out loud for me, okay
1: One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen fifteen this this is this is nice.
3: Uh, okay, ma'am, just keep on pumping his chest. That's all you need to do for me, okay?
1: Yes. Come on, please. Hurry
0: up.
3: Okay, ma'am, ma'am. They're driving here as fast as they can. Okay, don't stop to say hurry up. Just keep on pumping and counting. I'm,
1: I'm still doing it while I'm pumping you, okay? Okay. Still doing
3: it. All right, just keep, just continue pumping his chest. Count on a second count
1: with you. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 41, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28,
3: 29, 30, 31, 32, 3, 30. Okay, man,
1: they're getting here as fast as they can, okay? He's stiff and he's purple.
3: Okay. Keep okay. pumping his chest for me, ma'am. I'm still
1: doing it, okay? Still doing it. Just filming
3: the pump. Right, okay, that's fine. Just do, you do the unit of job. Just keep on doing it for me. That's all right, they're getting as fast as they can along with the sheriff's office also, okay? Please. okay. <laughs> keep on pumping, ma'am. One, we two, three, four, one, two, three. 3 4 1 two, three, four. Keep on pumping for me ma'am. I'm, I'm doing
1: it. I'm doing it. Believe me, I'm doing it. Okay?
3: We are playing 9 feet. All right, I understand. All right, just keep on pumping for me, okay? Yep.
1: Okay. hurry. Right, okay. for
2: me okay they're they're in, they're they're in the parking lot they should be up there shortly okay yeah. so he is alive
0: <laughs> no that's actually a death rattle that she probably heard so uh, because she has sort of tried to straighten him out it's just the, the last of those that gases that go. what does it mean uh usually when when people die as as everything starts to re- relax after those first few seconds um, there is an expel of, of breath because sometimes their last breath might be a breath in rather than a breath out and so there's that, that that sort of depreciation and everything just sort of collapses in and there's a sound. She's lucky it come out at that, that end because it can come out the other end as well so um it's just yeah that's what happens when when you die that's a, there's that last deep sigh.
2: Okay, so it doesn't mean he was alive at that point. It's just noises escaping from his body and air escaping.
0: It's just enough, yeah. It's just enough that they can say we have to try because it might not mm. be his his last breath, but um, he's, he's purple. <laughs> so okay. it was.
2: Well, while all this is happening, dispatch starts asking questions about her bizarre comments and trying to work out what had just actually happened.
1: I'm still doing it, okay? All right, okay, good.
3: You found him in a suitcase, he said?
1: Yes. We were playing hide
3: and seek last night. I fell asleep. I think they're here. All right, just keep on popping the shit until they think over. Okay? I am. I am. Okay.
1: I am. Okay.
3: Let them pick over for you, okay?
1: Well, when was the last time anybody saw him? The last night. We <laughs> were playing hide
2: and seek. He hid another. Let tell you. Okay. So the team who arrived have actually declared George dead. What happens now, Amanda?
0: Well, what happens now is that it becomes an investigation because this is a healthy 42-year-old who's who suddenly died. So, obviously, it's a suspicious death straight up, um, especially because he was in a suitcase, not sort of hanging or anything like that. But, Robert, I have a million-dollar idea for you, and I think mm-hmm. you need to do this. We need to have 911 calls now to be, like, screen calls like we, we, they need to be able to see that she's sitting there actually doing the, the cpr we've had so many cases like um, when when we did the uh, this opener for last season where the cox case um where he killed uh charles Vallow, you know he was saying that he was doing cpr on him but really the guy's chest was opened up by mm. gunshot wounds so i don't know how he he was doing that i think this this is something that you could do because you know about screens and tv and cameras and stuff like that i just i, I just need to go there <laughs> well
2: It's a re-education process because if they did put the infrastructure in to allow video calls, like your FaceTimes and just a a video call, um, there's no doubt that they would want to protect the identity of the 911 operator so that person wouldn't be seen on the call. So it's a big re-education to get people to video call 911 and there's a lot of technology infrastructure changes to make that happen. I like the idea. Because it could certainly help the dispatch do their job better if they can see what's going on and not just rely on audio testimony. It certainly has merits. I think it would be a long way off. Good well, idea, though, it be
0: because there's cases like this. Yeah, I, th- I think it's a genius idea. I've been thinking about it all, you do say, all say, since so last season. Exactly. I'm, I'm a, <laughs> I have. I, I I I journal and and I have a page in my journal called Genius Ideas, and this is one of them. So it's just out there now. So whoever does it, it's copyrighted to us too. So, it will me, and I'll let you come along for the ride.
2: I was about to say, you're letting me in on it. That's very nice of you. Thank you. (laughs) Appreciate it. Hey, with the team having arrived, we actually now get video footage of it because we've got the police body cam, and we will see that Boone's behaviour becomes more questionable, but we get the bizarre story of what happened for the very first time.
1: You can't go back and time. What's going on? What? Who is he to you? The boyfriend? Yes, because we're like three and a half years. What happened? He and I we drank last night. We had a. Pool. Can you pass this to the uh, around to the FBI guys? Stop. They need to sign that for sure. Uh, they're with me, so they're, right. Right. Oh, they're not they're right? okay. I think I walked around. No, no, no. But, each of them okay. has to. So this might be a real thing. Okay. So each of them has to put uh, their name. Normally we all stuff. just. I just put everybody. Yeah, you can know it's working. Um, what's going on? Sorry, I just not... got here, so fill me in. No problem. Like, yeah, I'm he just, and prefer I prefer we're putting a puzzle together. We've been doing some art work together. You are putting a puzzle together? Yes, we have a puzzle that we started in there. Okay. We've been doing art, trying to take stuff off the wall to, to make new art put up there, like having a good time with one another. But we're drinking. We had a bottle of wine last night. Okay. Watch. So then it's like we decided. Play hide and seek, right? Okay. So he gets in the suitcase. Okay. Who is this guy? That's my ex husband. My former husband. Did he he live here with you guys? No. I called him over here. Okay. Okay. I didn't know what to do. Okay. I didn't know what to do. Okay. So then he came over here. Here, let's talk in private, okay? I called you guys. Mm -hmm. The problem is, is I fell asleep. I fell asleep. When did you do CPR? This morning. When I found before it. Before you called? Yes. yes! 1 o'clock right now. I tried, I was awake, but I actually got out of the bed at like 12, 30-ish, So I came downstairs, yeah. and I was like, like oh, he's, he's in the token still. The still. And that's when I found him, and I took him yeah. out, There's and I tried 20. doing CPR, and then I called him, and then I called you guys. Did he get here before the fire department got here? Who? Your husband, yes. or your yes. Okay, where did he live at? Uh, right down the street. Okay. So you were playing and you did come up and... I did, but then I fell asleep. Okay, whole okay, you okay. I don't... I wasn't here. I'm just trying to figure out what happened. Then I fell asleep. I don't know if you suffocated or if had an aneurysm or a heart attack or what. What right. kind of medical
2: conditions did he have? None that I know of. Okay, so let me get this straight. Boone claims they were having an arts and crafts night and decided to play hide and seek. George got into a suitcase... Bye, Boone.
0: (laughs) Well, I don't know how other people play hide-and-seek, but if you put someone into the hiding spot, that's not hide-and-seek. Like, where where does the seek part come into that? It makes absolutely no sense whatsoever.
2: Yeah, but did she – did he hide in the suitcase and then she sort of find him – I don't know – it doesn't make sense the idea that she put him in there having said that I could totally see myself doing something stupid like this of playing hide and seek (laughs) and trying to get into a suitcase or a washing machine not that I would fit into a washing machine anymore (laughs) but now I'm looking over at Amanda the other Amanda and thinking I won't be doing that she might not let me out (laughs) it's like
0: So, okay, Amanda, I'll be your alibi. It's all good.
2: (laughs) Thank you. Wow. So, after getting some collateral information from Boone's ex-husband, the officer returns to Boone to get the story once more.
1: So, you've had a second to kind of collect yourself. Tell it to me again. You guys were playing last night, drinking a bottle of wine, putting puzzles together, doing artwork. puzzles, artwork. had a bottle of wine and then decided to play hide and seek. Mm -hmm. So, what time was that? Do you remember? (laughs) I mean, I know that I was in bed probably by, like, what, 12.30? Okay. Well, I went upstairs at least, and I fell asleep. Forgetting that he was so in you the guys were playing the hide and go. Yes. Suitcase. And at some point, you put him in the suitcase. No, he got in the suitcase. So okay. he thought it would be funny to be put in the suitcase. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to joke with you, and I'll zip you up, and make him, you know, squirm a little bit, whatever it is. But then I fell asleep. Mm-hmm. I fell asleep. Where was the suitcase? Right, right you where got it in is. It, right down there. Yes. You zipped him in there. Yes. Thought it would be funny. A little. Joke. It was. We both were laughing about it. Okay. And then I fell asleep. Where did you fall asleep at? Upstairs. In your bedroom? Yes. Okay. Totally forgetting that he was in the suitcase still. Okay. And then right you came back downstairs? This morning? Or this afternoon, yes. when Bob I got up. Arch, what time? 12 30-ish. 12, 30-ish. I was awake, but I totally forgot that he was in the suitcase. He can tell you there's a lot of things that I slash we have been going through. Jobs. Yeah, he did tell me. My, all good that stuff. good stuff. So. I just totally so forgot. So you began to do CPR on him? Yes. Yes. About, about what gurgle. time this morning like did you start doing that CPR? No, it was the afternoon. It was afternoon. It was because afternoon. I was awake. But then I finally decided to come downstairs at like 12.30ish, whatever it is. And I was like, oh. I forgot he was in the staircase and he wasn't moving, nothing was happening. So I unzipped him, unzipped it, unzipped it, took him out and started doing CPR on him. Mm-hmm. I, he was on his way over here. I called you when he got here.
2: Okay, so there's a little bit more clarity. It wasn't really hard and Seek. It was him getting in the suitcase, essentially seeing if he could fit or something. She has zipped up the suitcase. It's a little bit all over the place, but she is sticking to that part of the story. She knew he was in there.
0: Yeah, but at the same time, she then accidentally fell asleep. Like, she went upstairs, went to the bathroom, went to bed, and fell asleep thinking, oh, he'll be right. You know, it's it's... It's just there's something that doesn't make sense there, and I think that's what they're trying to get out of her. It's like you zipped him up, then what happened? There's this gap between her zipping him up and her going to her bed shortly after. It's, it's why would you just leave him there, you know? It, it just doesn't make sense, especially when, like, zips on, on, on suitcases aren't like sleeping bags. They're only on the outside. So what mm. was she expecting him to do there?
2: Yeah, well, we then get a third version of the story when Boone explains it to the two homicide detectives.
1: She explained um, last night that you guys were drinking a bottle of wine, yeah. um, and around midnight, um, you decided you well, guys. 30th, yeah. Okay, you guys decided to play hide and seek. Well, we were playing hide and seek, and then <laughs> was your son home at the time? Or yeah. okay, no, he was mine. With Brian. Okay. Um decided to play which just stupid like that. Like shit, we were had the puzzles together and we were doing artwork and seeing the puzzle that we finished in there and then the artwork and then decided to play hide and seek, just being stupid. Okay. So we decided to get in the suitcase. So I thought it would be funny to and he was laughing about it too. Mm-hmm. To dip them up in there. Mm-hmm. I go upstairs and fell asleep. So this morning when I woke up this afternoon, I actually got up out of the bed. I thought for sure he was downstairs on the laptop, he was really quiet, but then I came downstairs and I'm like, where is he? Like, and then I, that's when I found him. Okay. Um. I don't know what happened. Okay. And then you weren't sure about if you woke up this morning. It was afternoon. I mean, I wasn't Or waiting. this afternoon.
2: All right, so we're getting a little bit more of the story each time, but really it seems to be that she sipped up she zipped up that suitcase, that is the issue here, isn't it?
0: It is the issue and as you see she's she's making more and more comments about what's going on, but you know, it's 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 the small things that she's adamant about that she went to sleep. And so she, she, she's sort of not responsible for what happened after that because she was asleep. You know, that they only had one bottle of wine, which will come up again and again and again because she's claiming that she was completely sober. And it's, it's, there's interesting parts about this, but it's always the hide and seek game. Like Mm. you can't hide and seek if you're the, like, it just doesn't (laughs) make sense. No, it doesn't. Strange. Um.
2: It is, and it's interesting to see how this is playing out outside the home. So this video cam footage, uh, police body cam footage we've got, is actually from the officer who turned up. It's The questioning is all happening outside, not inside the home, and even when these two detectives turn up, the officer who had the original body cam footage is still there, and that's why we're getting to see all this take place. So as we continue, the two detectives ask more questions to get a picture a better picture of what's going on and find out what the hell's going on here. And were you guys together
1: all day yesterday? Yes. Okay. Here? Yes. Like you neither of you left the apartment yesterday? Uh, I think we drove up to like before to get cigarette. Okay. But I mean you could walk there.
3: Does he have a screen No, he doesn't now,
1: because you said he doesn't. I don't know. As far as you've ever known him, you've never seen him? No. I mean, he's from Philadelphia, and he grew up in Philadelphia, and then he went to Massachusetts, and then the Massachusetts came down here. So I don't really know, like, a whole lot of, like, medical history or anything How long have you guys been together? Almost four years, like three and a half years. You guys been living here the whole time? Yes.
3: Okay. He's never been to the doctor, or... For the
1: hospital during that time? Um, he, had, he and his brother got into a really bad argument at one point point. he didn't have facial reconstruction, but he had been in the hospital from that and then I talked him into going to see like a regular physician so he could get just like a regular like checkup thing, yeah. but there were no red flags. How long ago the surgery or yeah, the doctor? Both. both. The surgery I think was at this point was two years maybe, two and a half years. The checkup was probably at two years. Okay. And the suitcase is still in there? Yep, Is it normally stored down there? Did you guys travel recently? No, he was going to start picking some of the Donation
3: in okay. there, so that's why That's why it's out. Yes, okay. You guys did recently travel somewhere or anything like that after you zipped them up. Did you move the bag around fast enough at all, or did you just zipped it up and walked away? Yeah, we are laughing
1: about it
3: but okay. I went upstairs and I fell asleep. Okay. Okay. But, the, but what position was he in when you put him, when he went is he sitting on his rear end and his head up and he just kind no. of gets over? No, so like this
1: is, this is the
3: two thing. Uh-huh.
1: Like this was his head and then his right here and his feet were down. So he was laying on his side? Yes. Yeah. he just closed the flap and zipped it around? Yes. Okay. I believe mean, we were playing. Understandable. Okay. So he said that I needed to tell you guys about his family like. Who do I talk to about? We're going to do that once we yeah. once we walk through and to see. Yeah, we're we're gonna, not going I'm, anywhere. We're going to be like. I'm telling a you, like, yeah, I, it's it's gonna be I'm a afraid for my life. I want you to know that. I am afraid for my life. His family have never liked me. I'm the blue light. White devil is what they call me. So they've never liked me. They've never taken me in. They've never accepted me. I'll put it that way. Have you called any of them? Um, we talked to his daughters yesterday. No, I mean, like about this. Does no. Anyone know? Okay. That's so fine. no one's gonna know until we will be making that notification. So they're gonna kill me. Okay. Do well, they live local? Yes, they're down the road. They're going to kill me. His kids are going to kill me. They're going to kill me. This was not intentional. Okay. They're not going to understand that. They're not going to accept it. So. We're gonna do a. Thorough investigation, and we will I'm we will take, we will definitely make sure that you don't feel scared when we leave I'm
2: here. Okay. It's an interesting twist uh, that his family think of her as the white devil, and she thinks that they're going to kill her in retribution for his death, Amanda.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's it's bordering on um, racist there you know he he's obviously from a Hispanic background and you know that she's using these terms that would be used in like a, a whitewashed um, voodoo film or something it's, it's it's quite strange that she's using these these terms but at the same time, her answers to other things don't make sense like that. They said to her, um, does George have any sort of background of drugs and everything? Her response was, well, he comes from Philadelphia and then he moved to Massachusetts. Like, that's the answer to that question. <laughs> yeah. It is so bizarre what she's saying. But then, you know, at the same time, she's worried about her safety, about her dying. Her partner is inside dead. Where's the, where's the concern for him? Where's, where's all... All of that. No, it's about what they might do to her. Life is full of
1: awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why
0: United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.
2: She's scared right now. There's no doubt about that. She's scared because. She's been involved in a person's death, whether intentionally or not. She has been involved in his death. She's fearful about the family. You know, well, I don't know if there is a level of violence with that family, but she's implying there is and that, you know, they will not take this lightly. So I understand what you're saying about a lack of remorse at the moment, but I think she's genuinely scared.
0: Yeah, I, I think that there is some fear there, but but she we, she talks so much, so there is this this interrogation that that we'll see during this um, it went on for hours and hours and hours because she just talks and says weird things the whole time. She right. is so bizarre. Even during this, I, I have cut out a whole section because she keeps asking for a drink of water. She goes, "What? want I go and get my dog." dr pepper from inside i want to go and get my cigarettes out the back not oh my god you know i can like i'm i'm like the grieving spouse people need to help me just to do stuff for me there's none of that that's happening and like i i know that role i've been there done that but it's she's she's not even at that place there is no worry about his his death like you know she she could it's it's just strange it's really strange this one
2: well, the big question here is, does she actually slip up while talking to detectives? Take a listen to this clip. We don't
1: know anything, though, like why or how? So that we will not know the answer to that because we're not. Up. So what's going to happen is we're going to go to the officer's office and he'll have what's called an autopsy. talk Yeah, that'll be first thing tomorrow morning. I'll know a lot, hopefully a lot more tomorrow morning as far as him. Um, but I cannot there's no way I could say how why so just by looking at him like, why is he purple? Oh that's just that's normal when someone passes away was editing was turned. the
3: lowest the it's
1: So I'm like really scared, I want you guys to know that. Yeah. I you have all of these deficits so while we're here, nothing's going to happen to you. But we go and make any notifications, you'll have plenty of time to, to leave or do it easy, whatever you need to do. Okay? We can talk about that more in yeah, you.
3: but... Well, it's not to be a, a surprise. Real quick.
1: And then, but, um, like, I don't, like, this was totally, like, not intentional. Like, that's what I'm scared about, too. Like. Thing. So we'll, we'll have all the answers. We'll
3: have a lot more answers tomorrow after the fact. As you said, what you're seeing here is common. This is us coming out For to the scene. Yeah. His age, no no real medical history that, that we know, I know of. For him to
1: have passed away, we come out. I and we know. Do investigations. Yeah. We come out to an investigation. The medical examiner's office, we send sending people out. This is what we do. If he was seventy-five
2: years old and had a distinct
1: work condition, he was vegan, I don't know it. what his I don't know what it is. Exactly. And
2: that's what we're here to find out. Okay, so the part we're interested in is this line, and I'm going to quote her. She said this was totally like not intentional. Now she has said that in previous clips as well. It does sound like a confession to manslaughter at the very least,
0: Amanda. Well, yes, it does. So, um, it's, it's an interesting part of, of the conversation because we can also see that if someone was in, in this same situation that they, they would go, Oh my God, I killed him because like I did this and I forgot to do that and everything. She's like, Yeah, I know he's dead, but it wasn't intentional. Like it's, it's just a different, different way that she's viewing this and, and the way that she's answered. This is all about self preservation. This is about a narcissist saying, Oh yeah, well, that's happened. Um, what's happening to me? Yeah. And it's, it's, there, there's just such a finality that he's dead and she's like over it so quickly that it's all about now what's going to happen to her. It's all about what she's going to do with, as I said, she was asking for drinks and cigarettes and stuff. It was all about her comfort, not his.
2: Mm. But well, we're going to fast forward now to the day after. We now turn to the interview conducted by Detectives Connolly and Lowen. This was with Boone the day after George was found dead. Now, after going through the injuries the victim had suffered and many denials made by Boone, she then starts to paint a very different picture of their relationship.
1: He also had, um, like, on the left side of his forehead, he had basically bruising um, and... Um, on um, like his head and skull. I have no idea. As if something hit him. Mm-hmm. I considered not forced touched him. Trauma. I have not touched him. I have not touched him. And how would you get those injuries? Tell me and we'll both know. I have not touched him. Yesterday when we took photographs of your overall body um, and they did the buccal swabs, did they go under your fingernails? No. Okay. Are you willing to let us? Absolutely. Slob underneath your fingernails. Go for it. Okay. <laughs> I have no idea, and I don't want to seem out of sorts, but I have no idea. We had a good day. Mm-hmm. It was a good day. We've had good days lately. Mm-hmm. Even considering everything that's going on with our jobs and life in general and ex-wives and everything. It's been good. Like, I don't even know where this is coming from. <laughs> Yeah, I think the last physical was probably, you said, I think, what, a month ago? Mm -hmm. Where you got the injury, right? You said that was a a few weeks, give or take, yeah. A few weeks? That was the last, like, physical altercation between the two of you? Um, Mm -hmm. You said a month ago he hit you with a curtain rod. Yeah, with a curtain rod. That's why I can't believe you guys didn't take that either. (laughs) Wow. Like, we've been good. I don't know if, like, it's since the last time he got out of jail. Like we've been good and he's been having his classes Mm -hmm. and his seeing his probation officer who's amazing.
3: So what do you mean by good? What's your definition of good? The probation officer? No no, you said you guys have been good. What's your definition?
1: I've been good. I don't think you all understand. He comes at me all the time. He comes at me. So it's either I flee or try to go upstairs and go to sleep. That's usually what it is. And I don't know if you talk to Brian about any of that, but most of the time when I flee, I go over there. So, right, but you're saying that you guys have been good. And when I asked you yesterday, there hasn't, the last incident that you could remember was the curtain rod incident, which you said it was a month ago. So, give or take. Right. So, what do you mean by he comes after you? Like, he gets belligerently drunk. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if y'all have looked through my phone yet and seen any of the pictures and the videos that I have taken. Mm-hmm. And the, at one point, I started documenting everything. Okay. So you all will see in my pictures, bloody fingers, split foreheads. he split my nose. I've got this. Right. I don't know if Brian told you about it, where I had to have almost what? I had one really bad surgery, but then it got really, 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 really bad where I had to go, like four or five more times afterwards for them to tend to it. Mm. And then poking me in the back of the leg. Right. So it's... And why are you still with him? Everybody asks me that. When I tell you guys this, I really love him. (laughs) Like I do. And I feel like I can help him. Like I feel like I could help him, which I did because he's come a really, he came a really long way. From where he was in Philadelphia to moving back to here hearing to dealing with everything else that he's been dealing with, mm-hmm. I've really helped him. I've bailed him out of jail, what, three times. I've gone to every single hearing and every single arraignment, everything that I did for him. gone to see all his public defenders, go to the state. I've gone to the state. I, I did everything for him because I'm trying to help him because I, have. I had hope in him. <laughs> and he was trying. And then he starts to think about things, and it just, I think he gets overwhelmed. And then it's like, the next thing you know, he's drinking. So it's like, oh, man, I know where this is going to go, so I'm going to go upstairs and read a book. Or I'm going to go for a bike ride, or I'm going to do something else. Or I don't want to drink. I don't want to drink. The occasional wine, whatever, or if it's a weekend, that's when you you have a good time. You don't have to wake up the next day. I have to wake up the next day and do things. I have to tend to Lucas, I have to take him to school, I have all this stuff to do. He doesn't know how to, I guess, maintain himself, where I can do 50 things at once and still know the 50 things more previously, prior that I need to get done. He can't process like that, he didn't process like that, so he would literally, not literally, but had smoke come out of his ears. So the next thing you know, he doesn't want to deal with it. I'm going to go get
2: something to drink. Wow. She's flip-flopping faster than a goldfish out of its bowl here. She says how great they are and then goes into detail about how much he gets drunk and belligerent. And there's a lot going on, Amanda.
0: Yeah, as you said, she's flip flop flopping so much. She's she's um saying how wonderful they are and how bad they are. Like every relationship has has troubles and she's going through the surgeries that she's gone through. And there is battered woman syndrome, which is something that that, that we will look into a bit further. Yeah, but I for can, now seems- you, Yeah, yeah, but at the same time she's like, you know, oh so so we don't drink because if he drinks he it, like smoke comes out, out of his ears, mm. or, or whatever he said. So she's saying, "Oh, we had a great night last night. We we went and had a couple of drinks." Like, you know, it just it makes no sense. And the fact that she keeps referring to her ex-husband saying, well, when he gets angry, I just go to my ex-husband's place. I mean, this is a woman who is just sort of got fingers in so many different pies that she's trying to um, have all of these people around her that, that dote on her and that she wants to be this pariah. She's the one who goes through the, the, those traumas because she's the great person. But at the same time, we've got body language that's saying totally the opposite. She's like, you know, whoa, hang on, don't don't ask me about that and she's doing all of these um, signs and like pointing to her injuries and everything which is her sort of making making a, a argument for her, herself about why she's not involved with his death.
2: Okay tell me a little bit more about that so you're saying that when she puts her hands up she's not literally out loud saying don't ask me about this but when the hands go up and she's pointing out that's a physical indication not to ask me about that
0: yeah that's like you know I'm I, I give up I'm done don't you know don't, don't go there it's 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 part of like she she sort of sits back in her, her chair as well she sort of um pr- pr- promotes this sort of situation of this is what I'm telling you this is this is how far we're going and then she keeps talking anyway she she, she talks a lot this girl she's worse than I am um mm-hmm. but it's just amazing that it's all about her and then we get where you get that fake, oh, and then I've got to look after Lucas, and she starts that crying voice with not a single tear in sight, not even a close to a tear, you know, but mm. it's about what she has to do for her son now, not, oh, my God, you know, he's he's dead in, in a suitcase, and I did that.
2: All right. Well, Boone then goes on about George's money and drinking problems.
0: And every time, every time,
1: his job broke his heart. And it made me sad because he had so much pride in his job. And the store that he took care of so much totally went downhill. Mm -hmm. And that broke his heart because he had put so much work and effort into fixing it up. And his manager was awful and basically gave up on all of the employees. So I think that had a huge bearing on why he would drink so much. His ex-wife... It's bonkers. Mm-hmm. She was all over him all the time. Send me money, send me money, send me money. How can I send you money when I don't have a job? And he's still trying to take care of me and Lucas by paying a bill here or there, getting some groceries. So he always had something on his mind, which is why, again, I got the puzzles and the bank to try to get him off of it so we don't have a drink. Or he doesn't have a drink. So when you all see my phone, you can see all of the damage he has done to me and the videos of him smashing my television because he's belligerently drunk. Most of the time, I just don't want to be there. And I try to help him. I try to calm him down. Eventually, he just passes out.
2: This whole story about their relationship is starting to change She's continuing about her injuries that she has documented in her phone. Her phone is an interesting element because I actually know that that's going to play an important <laughs> part here because we saw that in the tease in the story set up before the opener. We actually have footage of him inside the suitcase, so that's going to come to light very soon.
0: Yes, it is, but it's she. She's still sort of going for for what she wants to do. She's playing out what she wants to happen. In her phone is photos of her injuries. In her phone is her surgeries. She is documenting it all. If, if you are in love and you want to ignore those things and everything, why is she documenting it? Now... Um, <laughs> People are going to say because you do that anyway because one day you're going to need an escape clause, and I totally get that, and um, it's horrible that people remain in these sorts of situations. But it's interesting what she does document and what she doesn't document. You know, And she's saying, you know, I hate well, when he drinks, but let's play jigsaw puzzles and hide-and-seek and drink. Like it, she's, she's taking it both ways, and it can't go both ways.
2: What was your hesitation there? You had a moment.
0: I was going to bring up my own history, and I, I, I don't think I need to just here, but um, it's 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 about you know people in in physically abusive um, relationships go one of two, two ways: they either stay and they end up dead, or they leave and they live in fear for the rest of their lives. It's a hard decision to really make, and I find that um, in situations like this, you know. You don't poke the bear, and she seems to poke the bear by by drinking. Now, what we haven't seen in this is that her ex husband spoke to her, the police about them both having addiction issues as well, and so um that sort of plays into this as well. So, so she, she's saying that that George has all these issues, but she has similar issues too. They're both broken people, and together it seems to be a bit of a perfect storm that's happening, and that you know that they probably shouldn't have been together, but. They chose to be, but now that he's dead, she's coming out with the stories and (laughs) – there's so many roads I can go down here. It's it's just too much for this one part of 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 the clips. But it's I just find it interesting um, how she's playing this out. That uh, the battered woman syndrome is what she's now going with. Whereas the day before talking to these same detectives, she's saying that life was perfect and wonderful, and you know that that, that she'd made him right, and she and he has a great parole officer, which is a whole conversation that isn't going to happen in these clips but you know she she would spend hours talking to his parole officer this woman would talk underwater with a mouthful of marbles I'm sure <laughs> of that and it's it's just I mean I I, I understand that because I can too but it's just it's crazy where she goes with this
2: yeah look th- there were some hints of problems within the relationship in those first interviews with the body cam but the alcohol consumption is a big element here. From the get go, she said they only consumed one bottle of wine. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see whether that holds true because Connolly is now trying to get her to clarify the alcohol consumption on that fightful night. Fateful night. It doesn't. It doesn't seem to add up. So, where were you guys yeah. at on? Yeah on
1: drunkenness, not drunkenness on Sunday. You told us you weren't drunk. No, I was not drunk. I was not drunk. So with him, I don't know. I I know when it's like, okay, man, where I have told him, slow down. It's starting to catch up with you. Slow down. Slow down. And another thing, too, is I don't like listening to music with him because he gets too involved in the music and the music that he listens to is a little rough around the edges and, like, just, it makes me fractious listening to his music. So I kept asking him, let's not, let's just you and me talk.
2: As Connolly said, her story has gone from a glass or two to a lot more, but she's still claiming to have only had a small amount.
0: Yeah, you know, but... if she she thought about it for a second rather than talking she would realize that if she said i was absolutely plastered last night um she would have had that to to go back and say yeah i have no idea what happened sorry it was the night before this is the like Mm. they found him one day and then this is the day after if she had said you know i was absolutely off my nuts that night drinking stupid i have no idea what happened that would been an easier way to play this but she's not That's oh, it's a good totally defense, sober right
2: this is what i can't understand it's a great the, defense the, the excessive
0: yeah. drinking actually
2: helps her case
0: <laughs> it does because then she's not in, in control of what she does but she's adamant that she only had a little bit you know and she's sticking to that you know where we have got the whole hands going up saying you know this is it no more there's nothing i'm doing there you know and and she's doing these poses that sort of says that you know I'm. Um, how dare you ask me about how much I drank? because I've told you a hundred times, like, just shut up. Mm. And she just keeps going on and on and on about it.
2: Yeah, and she continues on her holier-than-thou discussion of how she was saving George with her various techniques.
1: We'll get through it. This will be fine. It's just, it's it's a small hurdle that you and I together will get through because I'm talking about the money, jobs, jobs, Yes. Nothing no. relationship-wise, though? Like, no issues, related. like, did you guys have a conversation about your relationship, or was it just about, just, like, what's going on right now? Got it. I try to evoke it from him, so he gets it off his chest, because I call him the volcano, where, eventually, he's going to erupt, Right. and what has learned in his classes is to communicate, mm-hmm. which is a huge thing in a relationship, right. where he has been practicing communication, so he actually talks to me about things and unburdens himself. Put it on me. I'll sit there and try and figure it out for you. Like I have almost everything. Mm-hmm. Not a worry. Just tell me. Get it out of you. Right. But it was, when I tell you, I was so happy. Like it was such a good day. I kid you not. The weather was beautiful outside. I'm the one that had him go inside so we can do puzzles and painting and listen to music or whatever else he wants to do. So then he starts doing whatever it is we're doing together in the living room and then starts talking because I think he gets comfortable with, okay, you know what, we're here, it is a good day. Let me go ahead and explain myself. So I know. Nobody else knows, but I know.
2: So she's saying their relationship was almost perfect by the end.
0: Yep, around and round we go, you know. But she has all these techniques because we know that she has, you know, a psychology degree and she's done years of social work. Um, that that she can actually sort of say these sorts of things, you know. It's about that that communication. She was doing so much to help him, and and it was all her that helped. And that's why they drunk themselves stupid, and he went into a suitcase. You know, it's just it's just amazing how how great she is, you know. And that's what this is about. We have to realize. All she wants to sit on stage is how great she is.
2: Mm. Well, after going on for about 10 minutes about how great she is, Connolly brings it back to the question at the at the essence of this case, the game of hide and seek.
1: Okay, you want to play hide and seek? What he does is, okay, tag, you're it. Well, she like, okay, we know. Okay, take off. Mm-hmm. That's what we did. And then you went upstairs and then he didn't come up and you came down. And the suitcase was there originally because you guys were planning to do donations, so it was already there. Um, Have you guys ever played the, you said you played hide-and-seek like probably three times in your relationship? Mm -hmm. When you have played, have you ever zipped him up in a suitcase prior? No. Okay. It was just kind of like that prop was there, and it was there, and it was in play because... Why do you say it like that, though? I would never do that. You would never zip him up in a suitcase? Well, we I mean, we were playing. No, I know, that but, time. I, but I'm saying I'm. i talking about hide and seek, which is a game. So the suitcase originally is in our closet, buried all the way to the back. If you, um, I know the CSI people saw our closet. Our closet needs to be cleaned out really bad. My son's clothes need to be cleaned out really bad because they don't fit him anymore, and I'm tired of looking at him. So he took it upon himself, including that suitcase to take it downstairs so we can get all of our clothes, our donations and everything and just leave the whole thing by the clothing and shoe thing at my son's school. No, we're just, I'm just asking out of the, in the past, like, have, have you ever zipped him up in anything, jokingly or not, but obviously I understand, you know, you're claiming that Sunday it was a joking matter, you were laughing, he was laughing what I'm just asking is in the past, like is it something Absolutely that you guys normally do? Absolutely not. Okay. Um, we were actually this last game running out of places to hide because we have a townhome where it's upstairs or downstairs. So, okay, um, okay so do you remember making any videos or maybe having any cover, anything, any photos, videos that you remember Doing on your
2: phone
1: on Sunday?
2: No. No. She seems very confused at the end there. She's gone from these long and fanciful answers to a single word.
0: Yeah, so they've got her confused. Her face, she screws up her face so much. She's like, what the hell are you talking about? It's just interesting. And when they're going in with these questions that she doesn't know the answer to or doesn't make up an answer for, it is these single syllable words. Yes, no. Even Lowen finally spoke up and said, why did you say it like that? You know, it's like how dare you suggest I would put him in a suitcase and and, and zip him up? Where would you get that crazy idea from? You know, mm-hmm. it's just it's just amazing how things have changed. How she's now you know gone on about talking about Doctor Pepper and and, and and parole officers to um sorry pro- probation officers I think it was to uh, say no, yes no. You know, and and it's strange how she now doesn't know what's going on.
2: It's interesting. Because this is the turning point. Connolly has the stage is and is about to show a huge piece of evidence. But we're going to bring that to you next week on Monsters Who Murder Serial Killer Confessions. And I have a piece of advice. This is one you need to see the video for. Because you are going to see what happens with that suitcase. There is video evidence. You saw a moment of it earlier in the show, in the teaser, next week you are going to see the full video and it will change your perception of this case. So if you haven't already, subscribed through Patreon at patreon.com slash mwmconfessions or you can go straight to the videos by subscribing to mwm.uscreen.io. Amanda, this is the moment that I couldn't believe was actually recorded.
0: Yeah, and I think uh, she's going to think the same when she sees it.
2: Yeah, I don't think she knows it was recorded, which leads me to believe she drank more than one bottle of wine. But we will find out <laughs> all that and plenty more next week on Monsters Who Murder Serial Killer Confessions. Thank you for your insights, as always, Amanda. Thank you.
0: Thank you.